Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I'm your host, Jake Javarelli, with my co-host, Blockchain John, here for the 432nd episode. How's it going, John? Oh, good, man. Excited. We're heading to Vegas tomorrow, Tomorrow, man. yep. So we're trying to finish up this episode, of course, before we head on out. But technically, since we have a, our, our Wednesday episode, we're still going to be in Vegas for that, right? <laughs> yeah. So, my first time there, man. Yep. Yeah, only my second time. Probably Mike's 20th time. But anyways, so yeah, the weather's looking good. Although last I checked in, if you guys if you want to see what the, what the sky looks like, I highly recommend people go to bloomsky.com. You can check out almost anywhere in the world and see what the weather's looking like literally right now. And uh, I looked at Bloomsky well, three hours ago, and it was cloudy and hot. So it's like 100 degrees and cloudy in Vegas. <laughs> Normally, you think it's going to be nice and clear, but we'll see. Anyways, let's get on to Cointree, like I have shown here. If you guys want to donate to us, we appreciate it. If you want to check us out on some other social media, like Twitter, Twitch, or Odyssey. Of course, everyone's watching on Twitch right now and, and uh, YouTube. But you can always get us on Anchor and, uh, of course, on Odyssey, which we prefer. So check us out there. And if you haven't already, you can always pick up a T-shirt, Diamond Hands Black, Diamond Hands White, or stack stats and hodl. Those sheets are always available, 25 bucks a piece. On to the quote of the day from our favorite quote or from Twitter, Dan Held. This quote is, I hope I have the right one. Um, did I get the right one from you? I can't remember. The Bitcoin is code. Is that the one you have up, John? Okay, yes. sorry, I, I didn't remember if I picked the right one or not. <laughs> Anyways, Bitcoin is code. Good luck trying to ban free speech. So that's the quote of the day. And the job of the day is from Chanalysis as a cyber crimes investigator for South Korea. Or in South Korea, not necessarily for this entire nation. But it's for Chanalysis as a crime, cyber crimes investigator. And they say in this job... A team of investigators at Chainalysis are world-class problem solvers, adept at covert analysis and conducting complex investigations. We help our customers with the biggest and hairiest of investigations and, along, and all along the way, we make the world a safer place. Uh, what kind of things would you be expected to do if you were hired? Provide technical advice and investigate support for extremely difficult, complex, and highly sensitive investigations, especially as they pertain to cryptocurrency. Chainalysis is a crypto company, so that would be appropriate. But uh, become a sought-after and trusted advisor to investigators, analysis, analysts, rather, and leadership with your assigned account and provide training and guidance to other investigators and analysts. Okay, so basically, you're going to be, as they say, a cybercrime investigator for Chainalysis in South Korea. So if you live in Seoul, interestingly enough, my sister is living there right now, um, <laughs> You could help Chainalysis with this kind of job. All right. Uh, just one more reminder that we're always hyped for new visitors and new uh, members joining us in Cryptocurrency Chat. There's lots of stuff going on, lots of different channels all the time. We've got Dynamo Channel, a Hacker Dojo Channel, Ravencoin Channel. Uh, we used to have an HBAR channel, but there wasn't much going on there. And there's always Club C3 um, and the Diners Club. Didn't we sell the Diners Club? Yeah, it's in, in the Dynamo section. So, yeah, you can get a Diners Club card <laughs> in, uh, if you're part of the Diners channel. Anyways, let's get on to the news. we got Crypto Twitter coming in first. 
hit, hit us with that, John. So this week on Crypto Twitter, provided by Decrypt.co, written by Tim Hockey. It should also be noted that, am I, is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's a weird way to start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, it should also be noted that GitHub, the code platform that owns the Tornado's cache and code, also took action on Monday. GitHub removed Tornado's cache and suspended Tornado Cash founder Roman Semenov's account. Finally, on Friday, the Netherlands Cyber Agency, FIODC, FIOD, reported arresting a suspected Tornado Cash developer. The news made waves on Twitter, with the crypto community and privacy advocates decrying the moves as, as a declaration of war on coders. Elsewhere, Joel Diazawa, a governance analysis at crypto intelligence firm Missouri, can't understand why the Uniswap community is so divided over a $74 million proposal to form a Uniswap foundation separate to the exchange. There's a little peek there. The tornado cash sanctions resulted in USDC's issuers circle releasing all USDCs in the wallets on the government's sanctions list. This prompted MakerDAO to reconsider its exposure to circle, the centralized issuer of USDC. MakerDAO's stablecoin DAI is currently pegged to USDC. Yep. But Ethereum's creator, Vitalik Buterin, quickly gave his opinion on the proposal, calling it, quote, a risky and terrible idea. And of course, Vitalik always has his little two stickers to say. Uh, Chinese blockchain journalist Colin Wu elaborated more on the story on Friday. And there's a little tweet from World Blockchain. Finally, the Ethereum merge has a definite date now. There's a tweet from Sasso.me. The Ethereum mainnet merge has been tentatively scheduled for around September 15th or 16th. Wait, wait. The it's, merge it just said it has a definite date in the comment, but then it says tentative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what do you expect? What do you expect? Yeah. Well, more or less, of course, my dog says. And that's it, man. Was that, yeah. that was a weird... Of course, it's mostly about Tornado Catch, which we're going to get to more later on. So, anyways, this week in coins, and if you guys aren't watching the market, which you probably are, uh, Bitcoin is up, or at least it crossed 25,000 recently. I'm just making this comment, not actually in the article here. And Ethereum crossed 2,000. But, uh, anyways, this week in coin, despite the ongoing crypto bear market, many top cryptocurrencies posted double digit percentage gains over the last week. Bitcoin has no such luck, or had no such luck. I guess this was written before that. Uh, Bitcoin rose only 5.5% over the last seven days, currently trades at about 24500 according to CoinMarketCap. Hey, what's up with that? Where's CoinGecko? Anyways, Ethereum rallied much harder. The number two cryptocurrency and leading blockchain for high-functionality smart contracts is up 16% over the past week to almost two grand in 1984. Hmm, it's very Orwellian there. At, right. <laughs> at, at the time of this writing, after peaking at 2012, like I said, light Friday night, it broke two grand again. Um, is that inflation doing it? No. The excitement around ETH is all about the upcoming merge with the Ethereum. Uh, when Ethereum will transition to a more energy efficient proof of stake, blockchain, Gulari, Ethereum's third and final testnet, successfully switched over on Wednesday evening. On Monday, Glassnode data revealed that Ethereum derivatives traders are extremely bullish for September, the month of the merge, but will lean bearish by October. On Sorry about the cat noise. On uh, Coinbase, most recent company earnings 
the company reiterated its emphasis on staking as part of its business model leading up to the merge. A recent letter to shareholders says, In early August, we began offering Ethereum staking for institutional clients for the first time. We'll continue to add more assets for staking for both our retail and institutional clients going forward. Bitcoin and Ethereum prices reaches reacted positively to this month's inflation reading from the Consumer Price Index, aka the CPI. On Wednesday, inflation remains unchanged from last month at 8.5%, a clear sign that the U.S. Federal Reserve's historic interest rate hikes this year are keeping prices under control. How are altcoins faring? Or how have they fared? Several so-called Ethereum killers, aka Layer 1 blockchain and high Functionality smart contracts posted large rallies like Avalanche blew up a staggering 55% over the last week until it gave up a lot of its gains on Friday to ETH rising. Much of the momentum was thanks to a hefty growth of NFTs on that blockchain. By Saturday morning, AVAX was up 15% in the past seven days, trading at almost $30. The other Ethereum rivals that grew over the last seven days, Sol or Solana, rose 14% to almost $50. Near Protocol was surged to 18%, making it almost, or nearly, pun intended, nearly $6. And Flow grew 11% to just shy of $3. In addition, chain, Chainlink, or Link, rose 15.5% to a little over $9. And Ethereum Classic, which hit its four-month high this week, is up 16% to $44.25. There were no major losses among the leading coins. Now, bear market news. The chill of crypto winter showed a little sign of abating this week. On Monday, Singaporean exchange Hodlnot, <laughs> a great name, joined fellow lenders Vault and Celsius and Singaporean exchange Zipmex on the list of crypto companies that have suspended customer thralls due to recent market conditions. You can't, if you can't stand the heat, stay out of the crypto market. Early, earlier this year, pardon? Everything's doing good. I don't understand. I don't get it either. Yep, it's not. It may. It may just be that they held out for as long as they could, and 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 still were doing badly enough that it, if it doesn't recover fully, they can't. They have to close. You know. Earlier this year, Hodlnot received an in-principle approval or a IPA from the Singapore Monetary Authority to provide digital payment tokens or DPTs. There's a lot of uh, acronyms in here. CLAs. No. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. Services as a major payment institution. The lender now reportedly informs Singapore's monetary authority that it is withdrawing its license application as a result, no longer providing its token spot feature. That sucks, guys. You shouldn't be a rug puller. On Tuesday, German crypto bank Nuri filed for insolvency, saying the move was necessary to ensure the safest path forward for all customers. Despite the proceedings, Nuri said, the customers still have guaranteed access to their euro, euro accounts and crypto wallets. Well, that's amazing. Celsius had followed their, followed their uh, pathway. That would be amazing. Uh, the bank said that the measures were due to significant macroeconomic headwinds. <laughs> Sounds like finance speak for we screwed up. So specifically, the pandemic of and Russia's war on Ukraine, as well as various negative developments. Yeah, we screwed up. And industry, including major cryptocurrency sell-offs and implosion of the Luna Terra protocol and insolvency of Celsius and other major blah, 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 blah. We know you screwed up. On Tuesday, Zipmex announced it was unfreezing withdrawals for Bitcoin and Ethereum. Users have been able to withdraw Bitcoin since Friday. Ethereum withholders have, been, have to wait till next Tuesday, August 15th. 
which is, which is tomorrow, <laughs> which is for them anyways. Um, finally, at a hearing in Celsius Chapter 11 bankruptcy proceedings on Friday, attorneys representing a committee of unsecured investors, pardon me, creditors, moved to block Celsius's attempt to sell its mine cryptocurrency. The lawyers wrote in a court filing that they first need more insight on how selling Celsius Bitcoin mining will be carried out and how the proceeds from the sale will be used. Really like, like, we want our money back, dang it. Celsius Mining in the Bitcoin Mining subsidiary Celsius Network on July 14th, the day after the parent company filed for bankruptcy, the mining operation also filed for bankruptcy because they're technically separate companies. I don't know if you saw this in the lawsuit, but I believe they have seven LLCs. Yeah, right. I did see that, which is... From what it sounds like, they were, they were trying to separate Celsius mining from... Well, this makes sense. This is normal business practice in the United States. That's not uncommon at all. It's it, you, What you want to do is you want to have different LLCs to keep things separate so, you, so each can't be sued separate. or You can't take money from one and give it to the other, but they're basically trying to prevent. And, and, that's, that's what, and that's what, yeah, there's a big old scandal about that right now. But this is perfectly normal. This is As long as they don't have records on each. Now, if they do have records on each, then they can sue. So we'll see. Celsius has previously said that it will use its mining operation to pay back creditors. At the start of bankruptcy proceedings in July, Celsius was given approval to spend $5 million and jumpstart its operation, a move which drew criticism. It's like, well, if you have $5 million, why aren't you giving back to your investors? Um, the U.S. Department of Justice and now a crediting creditor committee. The committee also said it's launching a broad-ranging investigation and expects to invoke bankruptcy rule number 2004. All in all, a good week for crypto, just not for Celsius. <laughs> So, uh, going back up real quick, sure. you mentioned something about uh, Coinbase mm -hmm. uh, and staking. Uh, um, a couple of days ago, I read an article that says, excuse me, that Coinbase is being investigated by the SEC, in particular about the staking thing. Be careful with Coinbase. Yeah, Coinbase may be convenient, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's good. <laughs> yeah. So, moving on to more scandal. All right, so this one is provided by Crypto Potato, written by Felix. The Tornado Cash developer is arrested in Amsterdam. On August 10th, the Dutch crime agency announced the arrest of a 29-year-old developer of Tornado Cash, a cryptocurrency mixer built on the Ethereum network that was sanctioned earlier this month by the U.S. Treasury Department. The U.S. banned Tornado Cash because the platform had a large-scale currency laundering lending potential and half anonymized the funds of several individuals linked to criminal activity. According to the FIOD, the suspect is allegedly involved in crimes of concealing illicit financial flows and facilitating money laundering. The FIOD noted that the cryptocurrency mixer tends to facilitate money laundering as these platforms are mainly mainly used to increase anonymity. 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 Yeah, whatever. Anonymousness. <laughs> in financial transactions. Here's a quote. Tornado Cash is a mixing service for cryptocurrencies. The online service makes it possible to conceal the origin or destination of cryptocurrencies. The criminal origin of the cryptocurrencies is often not or hardly checked by such mixing services. Users of a mixing service mostly do this to decrease their anonymity. Tornado <laughs> Cash has been under investigation since June 2022 uh, by the FIOD due to the possible link with 
criminal organizations like the state-funded hacking group Lazarus. However, as a protocol, it would be hard to sanction because its governance decisions are made in consensus through a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization, with no central entity behind it. Right. This has been a matter of concern for the law enforcement agencies since the criminal activity linked to the cryptocurrency mentioned reached an all-time high this year, as reported by Crypto Potato. Following the arrest of the alleged developer of Tornado Cash, several voices in the crypto community, defenders of data privacy, protested against the news, stating that it was an outrage against the programmers who, despite developing code, do not retain complete control of the platform. Yeah, no kidding. Stefan Libera, a Bitcoin podcast host and writer for the Bitcoin magazine, said that the arrest of this person was, quote, disturbing news. Because just like road builders who build roads used by criminals when they drive their cars, coin mixers are not made with a criminal purpose in mind, even though criminals use it. Yeah, wow, exactly. No, this is exactly that's the problem. Really this is yeah. exactly the issue that, um, hold on. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, continue. Libera left open the question of why they had actually arrested this developer, whether it was for writing the Tornado Cash programming code or because he was involved in something else. Tom Robinson, co-founder of the blockchain forensics firm Elliptic, also shared similar concerns. And let's see, there's a tweet here from Tom Robinson. Was the Tornado Cash developer arrested not for writing code but for knowingly acting as a relayer for, for proceeds, proceeds of crime? Jake Sharinsky, a lawyer and head of policy at the Blockchain Association, said uh, he had spent the whole week looking into the case, yet so far he had not, quote, heard a satisfactory justification that would allow the developer to be arrested with authority only indicating that criminals were using the platform as a Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, so that's actually a really good article, man. It, it kind of opens your for, for people that don't know what's going on with Tornado Cash, Obviously, this explains it in black and white. There's nothing else other than read this again, right? Right. Um, well, I mean, there's more news coming out as we as every day. But the thing that's most important is, and this is it, it's an argument that's been made for years, particularly for developers. If you made a, if you made a, if your company produces electricity and another company makes a power tool and the, and a criminal decides to use that power tool and that electricity to kill someone, um, does that make the power tool company and the electricity company at fault? No, it doesn't. Definitely not. Now, remember, this arrest did not happen in the United States because it can't. Uh, you're not responsible for how people use your tool at all unless you have any way, shape, or form of control. If you're setting up a website where people are doing things and you're not doing any money laundering and people from the U.S. are using it, you could probably get arrested and prosecuted by the U.S. even if you're not even in the U.S. Okay, so, so hear this out. Hear this out. There's uh, the, the developer of Silk Road doing life in prison. Yep doing pretty much the same thing. He developed, he developed a platform that can be used for whatever purpose you want to use it for, right? Right. The but the reason, the reason he was arrested, well, the reason he was arrested was because he had control over his platform. He could have blocked those people from doing that stuff. This developer could not have blocked people from doing what they did with his tool. So, I mean, he could have limited the functionality in his own, but if he doesn't host it himself, if it's hosted generically, how do you stop people from doing something that you don't have control explicitly over? You could rewrite the software, but people by the time 
by the time the software is out there, people have a copy of it. So, okay, so at this point, at this point, we're still trying to figure out why the developer of Bearcat is arrested, right? Yeah, if he's not hosting, if he's not hosting the, the program, and someone else has it already and is using it separately, I guess you could arrest the person. But at this point, it's already been done, and he didn't make it so people could do crimes. He made it so people could mix coins. So, I mean, there's plenty of other mixers out there. He's not the only one. You gonna arrest all the people who created all that? Because that's what they're saying, effectively, by arresting this guy. Anyways, continuing with the war on crypto, as it seems, because this definitely involves this. Back to Decrypt from Daniel Roberts. The war on crypto, from Ethereum mixers to media uh, newsletters. On Monday, the U.S. Treasury Department added Tornado Cash to its blacklist, banning Americans from using the crypto mixing site because it is... It, quote, has been used to launder more than $7 billion worth of virtual currency since its creation in 2019, end quote. Separately, on Tuesday, we uh, at Decrypt woke up to find our newsletter provider MailChimp had deactivated our account with no warning. And our reporting discovered MailChimp had done the same to a bevy of other crypto publishers in the past couple of weeks, including Masari and EdgeWallet. Those uh, Two events vastly, uh, very vastly in scale, obviously, but Tornado Cash sanctioning is enormous news that has rocked the crypto industry, while our newsletter plight is of little interest to anyone outside of crypto media. And shame on us for using MailChimp in the first place, since the company has done this before, banning a slew of crypto accounts back in 2018. But there part and parcel of a broader anti-crypto movement from government to corporations and, well, I mean, this isn't all that surprising, uh, the backlash will extend to open-minded normies if it doesn't turn around quickly. People in power really, really hate crypto. And that's not everybody in power, but a lot of them. Um, Mark Cuban and Michael Saylor are in power and they don't hate crypto. The current brutal bear market, specifically the collapses of Terra, Celsius, and other junkie projects and companies that people in crypto know should not be taken as representatives of the entire industry, have handed crypto haters a series of events that can point to that they can point to as evidence that the entire industry is a fraud, a scam, a Ponzi scheme, a joke. The government's confusion, or pardon me, conclusion, appears to be even worse. Crypto is a tool for criminals. Never mind that they are a range of legitimate, there are a range of legitimate privacy-oriented reasons to use a crypto mixer like Tornado Cash. The same thing with the Onion, or with Onion um, Orbot and the Onion Network. The Onion Network is just privacy-based. Yes, cryptos, uh, yes, criminals use it, but so do everybody else, people who aren't criminals. Now, the Tornado Cash sanctioning is becoming a litmus test for whether projects and companies want to fall in line immediately or fight the non-compliance. It is a test that, from the perspective of true uh, degens and crypto OGs, many projects are failing. It should surprise no one the code repository GitHub suspended the account of Tornado Cash founder and removed the Tornado Cash source code. GitHub is owned by Microsoft and MailChimp is owned by Intuit. Many big web 1.0 companies are deciding what that they want nothing to do with crypto, even while, in contrast, some big luxury brands like Tiffany's and Gucci's are getting into crypto. Ironic? Yes. They love the money, they don't like the crime. It would be it would also not be surprising if OpenSea is doing it. NFT people on Twitter have claimed their accounts were suspended and believe it was due to having a tornado cash, but OpenSea has not confirmed it and merely told Decrypt in a statement, we comply with U.S. sanction law 
Our terms of service explicitly prohibit sanctioned individuals, countries, and or services from using OpenSea. What is surprising is that decentralized exchange like DYDX blocking wallets, according to, are associated with Tornado Cash. What happens next will cause many to rightly question the real meaning of decentralization, which they should, damn it. Sorry. <laughs> and which projects should get to use the label. What regular folks need to understand about all this, in addition to the fact that crypto privacy tools are not just for criminals, is that anyone can send tokens to, to someone's crypto wallet if they have the public address. That's why it's ex excessive and draconian for services to ban all wallets holding crypto from Tornado Cash, as one slide degen uh, demonstrated by dusting a bunch of celebrities' crypto wallets with small amounts of ETH that has been through Tornado Cash. Still, and we reported on that last Wednesday, still, mo most Web3 builders don't want to have their company shut down or worse go to prison to prove a point about how wrong the government is about crypto. Fair enough. As many crypto advocates pointed out, the government is now going after the, not just individuals, but companies they create, but the code itself. Uh, for As for MailChimp, I don't believe it's hyperbole to say that banning crypto con uh, content publishers and mass is a form of censorship. We are seeing the start of a war on crypto. So this article is an, actually it's not my point. I can finish it out here. What is to be done? What can we do? I have been writing, this author in particular, has been writing about Bitcoin since 2011. We've always said that the only thing that will convert skeptics and haters is real everyday use cases. We are clearly not there yet, though many in crypto might disagree. Sam Bankman-Fried agrees. In the last episode of our GM uh, podcast, Sam said that the current this is their podcast, not C3, C3 Media. Can't say our own name. Uh, Sam said that the current crypto winner is will only truly end when we start using crypto for everyday purposes, and the use cases so far are not really uh, are not really yet in the realm of being live use cases. I agree with that. There aren't a whole lot of them, unfortunately. People are still scared of crypto to some degree. I don't think uh, live use cases currently being used for vital parts of the world is the right way to describe uh, most of crypto today, he continued. Now, that's not to say that it will never be. I think in many ways, we might not be far away from that changing. We might not be far away from a world in which crypto is actually seeing a ton of adoption and usage, and I think a lot of good mapping has been done. Mapping out has been done. So, yeah, this is this is really big news because they're, they're just angry, and they're just like, you should arrest that person because they did things we don't like. And it's like, but that doesn't mean it's illegal. Exactly. You know, once if you're going to prove it in court, if you're going to say that this is legit, then I have a lot of other things that people need to be arrested for, a lot of other things. Because we're going to set a precedent here if we're going to if we're going to hold this up. That's that's where the failing is. Is and I hate to to fall back on this, but when when a politician does things against what their own policies say, that's hypocrisy. And when that happens. You, don't, you have a failing institution. So, moving on to another Crypto Potato article. Yep, this is written by Felix Mullen. And it is, Monero executes hard fork jumps through security and privacy features. Monero, one of the most important privacy protocols in the ecosystem, executed a protocol update on August 13th to improve several privacy security features offered by the network. The hard fork was successfully performed on block 2,688,888. 
thanks to the collective effort of more than 70 developers after almost four months since it was announced. The hard fork brought several fixes to the internal multi-signature mechanism to facilitate the exchange of information such as key sets and data synchronization between wallets, as explained on their website. Here's a quote. Multi-sig means that a transaction needs multiple signatures before it can be submitted to the Monero network and executed. Instead of one Monero wallet trading, signing, and submitting transactions all on its own, you will have a whole group of wallets and collaboration between them to transact. In addition to the number of co-signers required to approve ring signatures was increased from 11 to 16, ring signatures ensure that it is impossible to trace the origin of transactions on the network. One feature that has made Monero the most popular cryptocurrency among privacy enthusiasts. In terms of security, the Bulletproof algorithm was upgraded to Bulletproof Plus, a zero-knowledge proof algorithm implemented in 2018 to reinforce the network's privacy, hiding the exact amount of transactions and only showing the origins and destination of transactions. Another significant improvement brought by the new update was the quote of view tags, a new option that allows to speed up wallet synchronization by 30 to 40 percent. This is the key to increasing the overall performance of the whole ecosystem built around Monero. As Crypto recently reported, the hard fork will mark a quote, big departure from Bitcoin's security model by providing a perpetual incentive to miners relying on reasonable fees to guarantee the network's security and traceability. This is Monero's 15th update and probably won't be the last. So more improvements in terms of privacy and network security can be expected at a time when other privacy-oriented protocols and devices are being pursued by governments. Just mm-hmm. last week, Xenator Cash Developer was arrested in Amsterdam for its participation in creation of a tool used by criminals to launder money. Xenator wow. Cash is a smart contract that mixes transactions. That, that, that isn't even accurate because we just got done saying that it is used by criminals, but it's used by everybody. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to disagree with the w- w- way that they phrase that because that's unfair. It's used by everybody, including criminals. And the way they wrote it yeah, right. is not not accurate. I agree with you. Uh, well, that's uh, Felix Mullen. Ah, Felix, bad. All right, we'll end this one with, uh, in the crypto space, privacy tools have become a double-edged sword for users. Many criminals abuse these protocols, a lot of money, and reach... Uh, and reach of the authorities. However, uh, most users only want to take advantage of anonymity to preserve <laughs> their right to privately move their money. Yeah, yeah. This is this is. I mean, I get it that the governments want to see where their money going, so they so they they know that it's not criminal activity. Um, that and pay taxes. But yeah, and I I have my own opinions about that, anyways. So yeah, I don't I don't know what it. It's. I think we're getting back to what we've always wanted, which was a way to keep our money private and our and our actions private until they until they take effect. You know, it's like of course you want to, of course you want to be able to arrest criminals, of course you want to be able to stop them. I completely agree with that. I don't want criminal activity either, but I don't think that looking into everybody's privacy is is or violating everyone's privacy is the way to do it. I, I agree with you 100. That's why I love. I, Love Monero. Monero's a beautiful thing, man. You know, I'm, I'm not a criminal, but 
I don't need everybody knowing where you know which. Uh, you know, for example, in the future, you're gonna obviously have to, you're gonna be paying your your medical bills, your 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 the, the movie that you go watch, how, how much money you're putting in your car, what bills you're paying, your phone bill. You don't need this stuff on the blockchain, right? You want this stuff as private as possible. You don't want people out there knowing to, how much you're spending. Yeah, to me, it's it's a matter of of what you do with it. To me, like the reason I. How do I put this exactly? Like the way that the governments could best, in my opinion, all governments, not just the U.S., to best collect taxes is at purchase time, rather than knowing how much you make. Like, who cares what you make? If you buy stuff, that's when you pay taxes. In my opinion, that way, even criminals are going to pay taxes because when they buy stuff, they're going to be paying taxes. <laughs> I mean, the, the European user already figures this out. The VAT, the um, the VAT tax, that's, that, that, that happens a lot. That's, when everything, something gets processed and made, made into something else, there's a VAT on it. And that you know, value-added tax is constantly you know, adding more value, and, and that's where a lot of the taxes come from, is value-added. So if the U.S. just did value-added, which, believe you me, is not popular here, um, then it might be a little bit better way of collecting the taxes from criminals and everyone else. So, is that all there is to this article? Yes, that's it. All right. The last article is FTX and Paradigm regarding futures spread trading from China Kadeka on crypto potato. Potato, excuse me. The crypto exchange FTX has partnered with digital assets for, uh, investment firm Paradigm, the aim of which, uh, the aim of the collaboration is to launch spread trading which is essentially enable essentially enables users to benefit from pricing Dislocations with cash and carry plays. Spread trading can be referred to as the purchase of one security and the sale of a related security called legs as a unit. According to the official blog post, the partnership will help users to leverage single click trading with non-leg perpetual risk. The new deal also aims to attract new crypto investors keen on cash and carry trades with the help of crypto spot purchases and futures investment on FTX. Paradigm, Paradigm explained that users will be able to trade the spread between spot perpetual and fixed maturity values on eight crypto assets, Bitcoin, ETH, Solana, Avalanche, ApeCoin, Dogecoin, Chainlink, and Litecoin. FTX, on the other hand, is tasked with offering guaranteed atomic execution and clearing of both legs for the trades. Sam Bankman-Fried, CEO of the crypto chain, said, quote, Paradigm is a leading network providing institutional liquidity, uh, in, yeah, liquidity for deriv crypto derivatives, and we're excited to expand our relationship to, with a formal partnership to collaborate on partner development, uh, product developments for both of our users. The structured spread trading product is the first that will enable crypto investors to utilize cash and carry trades through FTX and Paradigm. And there's a quote about that explicitly. The firm also mentioned that the atomic execution of both legs will make it structurally less risky when compared to executing individual legs through a traditional exchange order book. The subsequent lower risk profile will let market makers quote much tighter prices and in substantially larger sizes. So let me ask you something. Do you use FTX? I have signed up for an account with FTX, yes, recently, about a week ago. I was not using it previously, even though we've been talking about it for ages. Uh, yeah. 
So yes, I do a little bit use it. I, I just want—I feel like it's necessary to be to learn the company that we keep talking about. You know, I, I've been—I've had an account with Crypto.com for years, um, and other many, many, many other uh, exchanges, some of which don't even exist anymore. So that's the end of the news. You got anything yeah. else? That's it, man. That's it. I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. And yep. Well, uh, we'll be streaming on Twitch. So anybody that's out there listening or watching, um, we'll be streaming on Twitch. So yep. Hang out. Cool. Alrighty. Uh, we'll say as we always do at the end of every show, stack sets, stack sets. and huddle. Adios. Adios.